know, I just, I did, a lot of fear was in my heart and I just began to really resent pregnancy. And my doctor just, she, in her eyes, I can just tell in her face, she's shaking her head. She's, she's like, honey, I'm so sorry. She's like, there's no heartbeat. So that was really the start of a journey spiritually for me. For the first time, I'm going like, I, I wasn't angry. I was just going like, I need to make sense of this on my own. Um, my boys want a sibling so bad. They would ask me all the time, mommy, do you have a baby in your belly? You know, um, they would see me cry uncontrollably. I've had my six-year-old and my then four-year-old bring me bread and water, you know, because that's yeah. what kids do. You know, they bring you bread and water and, and wipe my tears and say, mommy, it's okay. Christian's in heaven. Abigail's in heaven. I took a test and it said pregnant. And unfortunately, my first thoughts were, oh no. Like, I texted my mom straight away and I was like, mom, pray. Yeah. <laughs> By that night, I was bleeding. So I had to really go, okay, so who is God? What is God? And what, is that, what does that mean for me in my trauma? So the trauma and the loss and the heartache made me dig deeper. It's helped and shaped me into who I am. And I mother differently. I feel for people differently. Felt, I felt like the woman with the issue of blood going like, I've got to touch the hem of his garment. Like, it was just so thick and so strong. And the Holy Spirit was just, just, I felt him. But we're made to walk, like we can walk through grief and we can do hard things. Uh, but it does not last. It, it's not going to last forever. And you will come out on the other side. Hey guys, my name is Nicole Dunn and I'm a wife, a mom of two boys, and one on the way. I work in women's ministry and my top strength is restoration. I'm an Enneagram One Wing Two known as the Advocate. And this, my friends, is my get up story. Hey girl, welcome to this week's episode of Get Up Girl, a podcast inspired by women of all cultures and backgrounds who have been toe-to-toe -to -toe in the ring of discouragement, disappointment, defeat, and how they got back up to fight. Each episode, we'll be discussing, well, all the things. Marriage, business, parenting, racial divides, grief, loss, and everything in between. We believe that you will be encouraged by these women through their stories. So come on, girl, it's time to get up. This is going to be fun with all the indigestion <laughs> between the two of us. I know. I'll be like, huh? I may have to have music playing. <laughs> um, all right. I am so thrilled to have you on the podcast because, well, let, let's, let's, let's start from the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Let's when did you and I meet? Um, officially yeah. last year, last June, we're coming up on our one, we have our one year anniversary. It was for Caleb Carter's wedding. That's right. Thank That's you, Caleb Carter. June 22nd, 2019. Happy Annie. Yeah. Caleb they... and Tatum. <laughs> um, that's when I met you. That's right. My life has never been the same. It's not the same. It's only been a year, but it feels like it's been years, mm -hmm. plural. That's how you know it's real, guys. Yes. Okay. So we met just right at a year ago and over the last year you and I have become very close which has been very mm -hmm. exciting and 
we're in a similar season together right now because we're both preggers. Preggers. But this is not your first rodeo. This is not my first rodeo. Yeah. So I feel like since you and I have, especially now that we're pregnant together, because we our pregnancies share a lot of similarities. Right. Um, and that's, I, I really think through this season... And we've had some we've had some like deep talks about pregnancy, mm-hmm. which we're going to talk about in the podcast. But um, I just I think I realized through your our conversations that a lot of women don't talk about that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it's kind of like we we just carry it and just move just kind of move through it and just mm-hmm. deal with it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Yeah, no, we're not going to do that. Right. So we're going to talk about it. Let's do it. Which I'm it. so excited about. Okay, let's just, um, why don't you just kind of tell listeners um, about you and kind of how you grew up, how you came to know the Lord, mm-hmm. um, how you and your incredible husband met, Sure. All, all that backstory. Yeah, well, I am from South Louisiana. Yeah, I'm, you are. I um, was born in Houma, but spent most of my life in Chauvin, which is down the bayou. <laughs> Um, if you look at the map, I am in just the branches of the state that is in the water. So yes. I grew up on the bayou and um, had a great, have a, have a great family. My parents are um, still married. They're together. I have one brother who's three years older than, than I am. His name is Tim. Mm-hmm. Grew up in a Christian home. Uh, same church, same school my whole life. Mm-hmm. They were interconnected, so... Um, Went to a charismatic, uh, spirit-filled church my entire yeah. life. I feel like I always knew the Lord. I don't remember making a decision or um, saying, hey, today's the day. I'm turning my life around. It mm-hmm. just was such a part from the beginning of who I was. And um, grew up, decided to go to Louisiana College mm-hmm. in Pineville, Louisiana, and how far was that from your home? That was about three and a half hours. But for me, it felt like another part of the world. Because <laughs> Cajun culture, yes, like once you're past Lafayette, it's just totally different. Uh-huh. Um, I had never driven on the interstate. Like, Stop. Yeah, like literally. I was just, I remember driving on my way. And <laughs> the, the, the like, it starts to have some, like some hills. And uh-huh. I was like, oh. There's hills in Louisiana. My mom was like, don't, don't let anybody hear you say that. <laughs> like, like, yes, we live in the flat regions by the bayou, but yeah, in the swamps. There, there are some hills in Louisiana. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So, but I would say that college for me, um, as my mom would say, I was, I was looking for an MRS degree. Mm. Like I just, I was hubby hunting hard. I wanted uh, hubby hunting. <laughs> I was hubby hunting. I wanted to be married. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, so badly. And I definitely have always been a little boy crazy. Uh-huh. I've only had a few serious relationships. Yeah. But man, also just wanted the right guy. You mm-hmm. know, just really after after breaking hearts unintentionally and being broken, I I came to this place as a junior in college where I I really turned over that dream. Of mm-hmm. even being married. It's like I finally sacrificed everything. I was like, Lord, you know, it's me and you. Yeah. And I really felt satisfied in that. Mm-hmm. And um, 
kind of begin to just entertain this idea of like traveling the world and yeah, <laughs> like being just on my own, me and God and, and letting go of all the heartache and, and things that I've walked through. Between a week to two weeks later, I, my roommate was like, yeah, I really, I really want to introduce you to my brother. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, yeah. Like, what does he look like? Like, like, like you're an attractive female. So let's hope this guy's good looking. <laughs> right. Um, she's like, well, there's just one problem. Like he's not single, but I just feel like, I'm like, oh my god! But we're like, going to get the ball rolling. are you? You're torturing me. Like it's this beautiful human. She shows me a picture. It's a beautiful human being. And I'm like, yeah, I will never, ever get him. Like, mm-hmm. are you crazy? Um, but I liked her belief in me. It made me feel real good. So I was having a worship night on campus at Louisiana College, very small. Um, and so she said, I'm going to invite my brother. He's going to, uh, he's in Shreveport and I'm just kind of hoping he'll make the trip. Hmm. And I was like, okay, yeah. You know, I thought that was really far fetched. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever. So Derek comes down, who is my husband now. <laughs> Yeah, Derek, <laughs> Derek comes <Got> <laughs> and uh, I meet him and we embrace and I'm like, this creature is phenomenal. Um, <laughs> and I remember being pretty distracted by his face. It was just great. And while I was leading worship, I heard something really deep in my spirit, mm-hmm. which if you've ever really felt like you heard the voice of God, it wasn't audible. Like I didn't hear, you yeah. know, but I just, it was in my being and it said, which is really funny, uh, King James version. It said, behold, your husband stands before you. Ooh. Yeah. And so my eyes were closed at the moment. There's only a handful of people. So I'm going yeah. like, okay, who? Like, we can cry. narrow yeah. this down real quick. I'm like, it's either that guy. Oh. <laughs> Or it's like the beautiful creature, right? Uh So I open my eyes and lo and behold, Derek is standing there on the front row. His hands are lifted and his eyes are closed. And I immediately am like, Nicole, you witch. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? You're so distracted. So you're supposed to be worshiping the Lord, Nicole. And so it was this conflict. Like I'm singing, but I'm also going, I cannot believe you right now. I cannot believe you are making up these things in your head. I mean, if you've ever heard something in your spirit, a lot of times it's accompanied with doubt Uh or, you know, the question or, okay, Lord, well, now I need a confirmation, you know? And I just thought that was so bizarre, but I also knew that it wasn't something that I would have said to myself. Yeah. Behold, your husband stands before you. So that was kind of random. Mm -hmm. But long story short, he started to come down uh, from Shreveport every Tuesday night and travel to Pineville to come to these worship nights. Mm -hmm. And even at first I was like, yeah, he's just, he just wants some some worship time. Like I wasn't thinking it was to see (laughs) me or to get to know me, but within probably three or four weeks, he had asked me for my number Uh and the rest is history. We were engaged six months later. He moved down to Pineville. It was pretty quick and, um, married six months after that. So about a year after meeting, we were married. And what's funny, wish you could hear his side is that on that same night, he heard the exact same thing. It wasn't King James version, but it was, (laughs) Hey, that's your wife. Wow. And it scared the fire out of him, he said. Well, and I've heard Derek talk about you. We were just talking about this night before last Mm -hmm. when Derek was like, I met Nicole and I just 
mm-hmm. was like, I'm out. Yeah. He's out. Like <laughs> moved down to Pineville, <clears throat> left Shreveport. Like mm-hmm. um, uh, there was a young adult ministry starting that he was a part of. And uh, he, he's like, he was like, I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that's, but what, I mean, yeah. what confidence that he had in like, this is who I'm supposed to be with, you know, which is really, mm-hmm. I think rare, mm-hmm. but also like, that's just, what an incredible story. Yeah, we that's love really it. cool. I love to tell it because it almost sounds like something you would see on a movie, you yeah. know, and I just never thought it would be that easy for me because I felt like it had been so hard. So I was like, it can't be this easy. Mm-hmm. It's almost like when things are easy, you're going like, but is this right? Yeah. <laughs> and and it was, and I'm so thankful for it because not a day in my life have I questioned, was he the guy? Should mm-hmm. I have done this? It's been... It's just been full force, all the confidence, all the security, everything in me knows I was meant to marry him. So yeah. it's been great. And how long have y'all been married? We made 10 years in May. Oh, so, that's so exciting. Yeah. So marriage has been a, a beautiful gift for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. And y'all have two boys. We do. From that marriage and one on the way. One boy on the way. On the way. Um, and so, <clears throat> and this is kind of where you're where your get up story comes into play here was because right. your pregnancies were so unbelievably hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's kind of walk through that. So you and Derek get married and how soon did y'all get pregnant with uh, Dawson? Yeah. So we were married May 14th of 2010. I was like, wait, how many years? <laughs> um, and August 9th of that year, I had a positive pregnancy test. So we were about eight weeks married we mm-hmm. would have had to conceive in July. Uh-huh. And um, it's just funny because I took a test, not because I suspected I was pregnant. I took a test for um, insurance purposes. I was still with my parents, under my parents. And they were like, oh. hey, you and Derek need to switch over. And one of the big questions was like, are you pregnant? Because if you are pregnant, then like we have to put you under maternity. But if you're not, we won't. Uh-huh. So I was like, well, I've never peed on a stick. That sounds like fun. Um, <laughs> legit, did, hadn't skipped a cycle. Like, no, I had no symptoms yet. Oh, like, wow. didn't know. Yeah. And um, lo and behold, I got a positive <laughs> pregnancy test. Oh, my stars. And that's shocking. Because yeah. who takes a test just to take a test? Right. Like, I was, you know. But I am a planner. I'm a one. So I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. if there's any chance I'm pregnant, we need to know because I need that coverage. And yeah, it was positive. And probably a week or two later, I started to get very sick, mm. um, which we all know about morning sickness. And mm-hmm. and so I thought, well, well, this sucks, but I think this is normal, yeah. right? Um. But as my pregnancy progressed, I realized it was not normal at all. Mm -hmm. And um, I really didn't receive the diagnosis up until about two years ago that I I battled hyperemesis, which is just severe morning sickness throughout Mm -hmm. the day. It's like all day sickness. Yeah. Um, On average, I would probably throw up about 20 to 40 times a day. Ugh. Um, I would wake up all night. If I woke up, I was sick. Yeah. So you have to imagine we're newlyweds. Yeah. We're in love. Are y'all still Uh, in college or had y'all graduated by this point? I had graduated. So 
my mom and dad were like, we just really want you to graduate before you get married. So yeah. I graduated the weekend before we got married. Okay. Um, but Derek started college later. He's older than I am, but he didn't get started till he was about 20, 21. So okay. he did his four years in two years and nine months. Whoa. Yeah, he busted it. But he was still in college. So we were living in married student housing, like not making hardly anything. Yeah. It was crazy. It's like... Okay, so things are looking really fun and um, fluffy and romantic, and now I'm throwing up every day. Like, Ugh. this isn't what I imagined for my first year of marriage. Right. Um, we're just getting to know each other, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we just started, and he was helping me to the bathroom. <laughs> he was sitting in the bathroom while I showered in case I would pass out. Like, oh he, gosh. it was like he became my caretaker. Yeah. And... Man, I was really depressed. Mm-hmm. I, I had never battled depression, but I was like, man, pregnancy sucks. Like, this is really hard. And um, I couldn't gain weight. I couldn't eat anything. I, mm. and nobody, I really didn't have anybody that understood because everybody that I'd ever known that had been pregnant had never battled what I was going through. Yeah. So, thankfully, Derek is gracious and loving and kind and never gave me any grief. He, if anything, he held my hair back. Like, he woke up with me every time I got sick. Wow. He shaved my legs. Like, this man. Oh, my gosh. Like, literally, because I was so weak. And it's really hard to understand if you've had a normal pregnancy. You're going, like, what? Mm -hmm. But there are pregnancies that exist that you feel like every day you're dying. And that's how it felt. It felt like I was dying every day. And, um, my gosh. yeah, so that was a really, that was really hard. I remember just anticipating the second trimester going, okay, it's going to get better. Yeah. 14 weeks rolls around, 15 weeks rolls around, 16 weeks and nothing is changing. And I, um, I just remember feeling very low and praying, mm-hmm. God, what's like, what is this? You know? Yeah. So were you, how long, I mean, were you sick the whole 40 weeks or did it? It began to taper off. I remember by like 25 weeks being able to have more confidence in myself, like get out of bed and shower without needing him. Yeah. Or um, maybe blow drying my hair, like being able to fix my own food. But I didn't drive at all, Mm -hmm. like at all. Um, I didn't really leave the house unless we were just going to have dinner at his parents' house that lived in the same city. We didn't go out. I was... I kind of developed some social anxiety because I didn't want to be sick in public. Yeah. I could feel dizzy, lightheaded, like I was going to pass out in no time. So I just, I didn't want that to happen because it was already such an awful feeling that I didn't want to be in public and that happened too. Right. So I, you know, I just went from having a very outgoing life to being at home in bed all the time. All day. Um, he's at work. I'm home. Like, it was just Ugh. my parents. So I had moved. So we were in Pineville. So they were in South mm-hmm. Louisiana. I didn't have my mom or, you know, just anybody to take care of me, which is really what I needed. But yeah. um, I was too weak to get out of bed a lot of times to do anything. So it was just a really hard, dark season in my life. Yeah. And I'm sure very isolating. I mean, if you yes. weren't even, that's a long time to be stuck inside mm-hmm. oh yeah and not mm-hmm. go anywhere or see anyone or have anyone like like you said your family wasn't there yeah you know um so 
I can imagine. And then it's like, you just got married and this is your first part. This is supposed to be like bluebirds yeah. singing and right. like this whole thing. And it's like complete opposite. Right. I begin to have some, some bitterness really. When yeah. I look back, I'm like, I was bitter. Mm-hmm. If I saw pictures of cute pregnant girls. Yeah. Like, like, or the few times we did get out or could drive around and I would notice people that were pregnant. Cause you notice people that are pregnant when you're pregnant. Yeah. You're like, Oh, she's so cute. Um, I was like, how is she doing that? Like my brain couldn't fathom like, Oh, she's out and about or, Oh, she's walking her other baby or like right. she's by herself. <laughs> she's like, functioning. Just, and so I did a lot of crying. I did a lot of, I had mm. a lot of just anger and bitterness and really, not even towards God. I was just like, what the heck? Like, what? Like, why me? Kind of more like a woe is me yeah. kind of pity party thing. Um, but yeah, so we, um, it got better. The, the sickness got better, but my water actually broke at 38 weeks with Dawson, our first son. Mm-hmm. And um, we had to have an emergency section for him. So it's kind of like everything about pregnancy was just <laughs> not how I imagined. Yeah. Um, and as a one, I'm just the reformer, the perfectionist. Like we plan, we have checklists, we are task oriented. Like we imagine mm-hmm everything being best case scenario. Mm-hmm. So I think it was the beginnings of some work that the Lord was doing in me. Like, Hey, it's not always going to be easy. And I don't think it was unloving. I don't think it was God intentionally saying, I'm going to throw some hardship your way, girl. You need some, some hardship. Like, right. I just don't think of it that way. Yeah. But I think that was part of my story and he allowed it. Mm-hmm. And ultimately I feel like a different person in a good way because of the hardships yeah. of pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so Dawson comes mm-hmm. and then they discovered, I, I forgot what you, what was it called? Yeah. So that I had septum? to have that, yeah, I had to have this section because he wasn't, I wasn't, I was dilating, but not enough. And he wasn't moving. My cervix wasn't softening like at all. So mm-hmm. it was like, mm, this is weird. Like can't get a baby out with a hard cervix. Yeah. So they, they pretty much came in through the scrubs at Derek It hit him in the chest and dropped to the floor. They're pulling my bed out <laughs> of the wall. Wires are flying. Like it was like, whoa, this is happening really fast. Yeah. Um, and I remember them wheeling me into the OR and they like pushed my bed and the it opened the doors uh-huh. and the nurses were like lining up all the utensils that they need to perform a section. And they said, we're not ready. We're still counting utensils. And my anesthesiologist says, well, we're, it's time. Yeah. Like make it happen. Yeah. And I'll, I remember tears just dripping down my face. I wasn't like hysterical, but I was like, it's game time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is going down, yeah. you know? And you just kind of realize the complexity yet the, simplicity of life like wow this is really serious and everything you start to think about all the things that you've you've done like they see your life flashes before <laughs> you and you're going like wow this moment is everything yeah and so they deliver Dawson he's crying he's healthy he's seven pounds five ounces I'm so relieved um but my my doctor uh, begins to call over his nurses and say guys come look this is really rare so that's what he says as I'm open as you're laying on the table. As I'm table. laying on the table. Like, you know, you can't see anything. They have yeah. the big sheet. And I was pretty looped up on all the epidural and 
and it's a it's a weird thought but my thought was what did I have puppies like that's how looped up in the yeah. head I was like I was wondering what was so rare about right my body and so later he came and chatted with us and said hey um so your uterus had a wall of tissue a septum it's called a septum and it was dividing your uterus into two chambers like you have one uterus mm-hmm. but it's just been it, it just had a wall like right down the middle so he he was like this is a miracle <laughs> like your baby's a miracle we don't ever see I've never seen anybody go full term with wow. this so it's a common thing to have but usually the child runs out of room so the mm-hmm. mother you know the, the body aborts or at implantation it'll attach to the septum which has no blood supply I mean all of these things we had no idea so I would have been high risk I probably would have Gosh. had so much better like a care and attention and you know throughout my sickness but we had no idea and um, so that's when we were like, wow, like we were meant to have that C-section. Like I was so yeah. thankful for modern medicine and the ability to sedate me in order to cut my child out because uh-huh. he actually couldn't get through the cervix because the septum blocked the cervix. So the cervix would have been like in the other side. Oh, so like he was so you couldn't have delivered. Anyway. I couldn't have had a vaginal delivery if we wanted to. Yeah. Holy cow. So Dawson mm-hmm. was... A full-term baby mm-hmm. growing in only half the space that's intended for him to grow. Yes. So what was the prognosis? Like moving forward with your uterus mm-hmm. being divided. I mean, <laughs> what, like, yeah. what now? What then? <laughs> so they, they referred me to a fertility specialist, which is funny because I was like, well, I thought fertility doctors were to help people get pregnant. Mm-hmm. They were like, well, you're, this condition is actually in like a fertility issue like most women like like I mentioned before will miscarry time after time or lose the baby so it becomes like a fertility issue so Mm -hmm. from the beginning it's it's like my 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 womb was infertile Mm. you know it was like by the world standards like I was not meant to have healthy pregnancies um so about a year later after giving my body time to heal from the section, I saw a doctor and she just performed. It was an outpatient procedure. I mean, I was put under. It was surgery. Mm-hmm. But they, a lot of people are curious, like, how does that happen? So because most of our listeners are probably women, they yeah. went in vaginally with a, like, knife-type serrated thing. Yikes. Right? And they actually cut a hole in your belly button to put a flashlight through to be able to see what they're doing oh my gosh so and this is like something out of a sci-fi movie it's just bizarre i'm going oh you're going inside with um with a with a like a knife okay yeah how does that work (laughs) cool and then there's all the risks you know with that like hey i could you know i could um i could cut through your uterus i could hit your bowel i like basically oh my gosh like this procedure could ruin everything. It was risky. Yeah, it was high. It was very risky. Um, but like, what are you going to do if you want more children? I'm, I, right. I can't. I can't keep a a uterus that has two chambers, like for another child to hopefully grow in. Yeah. So thankfully, it went well. I recovered fine, and um, about a year after that, we were pregnant with our second son, Edwin. Yeah. So what? Mm-hmm. Okay. So what was that pregnancy like? I mean, was it? 
Yeah. Obviously, you know now your your uterus is um, whole. Whole. I was <laughs> gonna say what I don't know what the word. Your uterus is whole, so that was probably mm-hmm. a relief now knowing it was. that. Yeah. Um, but what was that pregnancy like with Edwin? It was very, very similar to Dawson's. So mm-hmm. I began to get very sick. Now this time I have a toddler. Oh. So that was fun, Ooh. right? That was like holy crap. Mm-hmm. What is my life? Yeah. <laughs> like I need, I need someone to move in with me. My <laughs> husband's work. Like I need a female yeah. who can come. Um, so I was six, 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 same thing. Poppin' Zofran, like it's candy. Um, just. Which as your husband says, this is the best mm-hmm. line I've heard being yeah. pregnant. Zofran is yo Fran. Yes. And I need that on my wall. Yeah, so for sure. I'm going to put tat- that in the nursery. Tats. Let's do tats. Matching tats. <laughs> Zofran is your friend. Is your friend. And so I just, I, Edwin's pregnancy is kind of a blur because it truly felt like survival. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a memory of, this is awful, but take like taking dry cereal and tossing it to my toddler mm. and him like eating it by like off the floor next to me by the couch. Yeah. It was all, I mean, I couldn't get up and get a bowl. Like, mm-hmm. If I got up, I took my phone and I would text my husband at work and say, Hey, I'm going to the restroom. Text me in five minutes. If you don't hear from me, call like, because I didn't want to pass out. I didn't want to hit my head, um, and be at home with a toddler who would have to see that. Or, um, you know, I just, I did a lot of fear Mm -hmm. was in my heart and I just began to really resent pregnancy and my body. So I started to get really mad at myself, like uh kind of be very critical of why I wasn't normal and why it was so hard. Now, granted, up to this point, I've had a pretty easy life. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't have a whole lot of struggles growing up. Yeah. Um, Played sports. I had supportive parents, like just had fun, like great, just great life. So then part of me was like, well... This is just your time. This is your time to suffer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just everybody goes through something. This is it for you. Yeah. Um, so, it, but, you know, even when we were pregnant with Edwin, we've only been married two years. Like, it's just. Still, yeah. So, it didn't get any easier. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. But, um, again, the sickness lightened up towards the end of the second trimester. And at that point, I just, I kind of learned what I needed to do to avoid throwing up. I had to listen to my body. I had to really rest when I felt like it. I could not push through. I couldn't go shopping. or So I just knew my limits, and I just really was kind of a prisoner to my home. Mm-hmm. Um, that, was, that was just it. That's how it was for us, and I didn't have the best attitude about it. Yeah. Well, and I was going to – I was kind of uh, leading there about – because I know you and I have talked about even battling shame and embarrassment – yeah. Um, and like we talked about our mothers mm-hmm. worked, like worked yeah. up until like the day before they delivered mm-hmm. and just these tough women, you know, who were like, Hey, we got to do what we got to do. And, right. and battling that of like, well, why my mom was strong. Why am I not being strong? Like I yes. literally cannot even get out of bed. Like you said, and go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom worked up until 40 weeks, eight yeah. to five, you know? And right. so what were some of those thoughts like yeah I mean very similar my mom was hardworking. she 
literally has told me time and time again, you know, she worked up until the day that she delivered me. Um, she was a manager at a bank. Like she wore heels. Like she yeah. was there, you know, like <laughs> what? Um, and so my mom, my mom and I have a great relationship, but there was a, a part of that that she couldn't relate to me. Mm-hmm. And it was frustrating because most of my life we we could relate. Like we could say, yeah, you know, I know how that feels or it's going to be better, you know, breakups, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And with this, it was kind of like, well, Nick, you know, you need to push through. You need to try to get up. Yeah. And I, I just was like, I am. I am trying. But it, it's like it's not enough. And what scared me is like, I couldn't, like I physically couldn't, it wasn't, oh, she's having a bad day. She's got some baby blues. It was like my body, my muscles were atrophied. I was, Mm. I looked awful. I I mean, parts of me hurt in my back and my neck from just laying stagnant, almost like a a hospital patient who's just has to be rolled over. You know, I was just, my body was in crazy, crazy condition that I had never experienced and I think, you know, I had grace for her because nobody knows unless you're there what it feels like to be that sick. But it did, on some level, hurt, you know? Mm -hmm. But I couldn't hold it against her. Like, she wasn't sick. She She threw up, like, three times for me. Yeah. Um, And then Derek's mom is also, she's tough. She's hard work, you know? And um, I remember her encouraging me, hey, why don't you get out of bed and go have coffee with a friend? And I'm like... I can't. A, number one, I cannot drink coffee. Oh, my God. B, number two, I have no friends. You know, it's just yeah. like I was so isolated at this point And, yeah, I couldn't dream of oh sitting up in bed to drink anything. Mm-hmm. So I did feel very alone. I had no one that could at least say, hey, like... I've been there. Like, I felt mm-hmm. abnormal. I had never heard of anybody being sick like me. Mm-hmm. And so I really was just like, wow, Nicole, you suck. Like, your body sucks at this. Like, yeah. you know, it was, I didn't have grace for myself. Yeah. I was angry at my at my own self yeah. <laughs> for just not being able to have a normal pregnancy. Right. And, and I think, so, and that breaks my heart hearing you say, like, you had no one because... For me, you have been that someone because all of our friends, we're the last of our friend group to have kids. And so, which I was kind of excited about because I was like, oh, good. So I can lean on all of my girlfriends and like, hey, what did you do here? And how did you navigate this? And um, through now, I have not been thrown up 20 to 40 times a day like you have. Mine Mm -hmm. has not been that severe. Um, but I mean, I'm at 28 weeks and I, I just threw up at the start. Of, I mean, I'm still right. battling it. But um, especially that first, the first 17 weeks for me was, mm-hmm. I mean, it was every day, mm-hmm. you know. And um, and I remember like reaching out to my friends and being like, hey, did you, you know, and not a single one of them were like, man, I mean, I threw up like a couple times total. Right the whole nine months or like, I didn't get sick at all, you know, or, oh yeah, I would feel nauseous, but I never actually threw up. And so I'm like, <laughs> I'm literally just like crossing friends names off the list. Yeah. Like she didn't experience that. She didn't experience that. And so for me, you, you have been that person mm-hmm. that's been, and, and that's where this kind of clicked in my head. Like, yeah. Oh, 
like what you know i'm googling stuff i'm like what what is you know i'm looking on instagram accounts and yeah. like you said i'd see all these cute pregnant women and i'm like no she doesn't get it she doesn't get it. <laughs> she fixed her hair i'm so confused yeah, i'm like she showered Ow. what um <laughs> And so that, I mean, that truly does like make my heart hurt Mm -hmm. to try to like put myself in your position then. And you're like, I literally have no one, you know? Um, So first of all, I want to say thank you for being that person for me because um, you really have helped me like with, because I've, I've battled anger too, especially at myself, at my, at my own body. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, why am I not, is there something wrong with my, am I doing this right? I mean, I, my mind has gone places Mm-hmm. some really scary places mm-hmm. of like, you know, even like, well, this is my punishment because I've never really desired to be a mom. Right. Like I've never had the mom bug. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, even when Philip and I found out we were pregnant, I was not excited. I mean, I, I wasn't like devastated or anything, but mm-hmm. I was like, what? I mean, I just was <laughs> kind of like, well, oh, okay. You know? Right. And so then my mind went, well, this is my punishment mm-hmm. because I never really desired kids and now I'm pregnant. So this is, mm-hmm. this is what I get, you know, like yeah. all those thoughts. And, and I know you and I have like walked through that and you've really helped me process right. those things. Um, so thank you for that. Mm-hmm. I just want to say thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, but I, I cannot imagine, you know, and then someone will just, just try it, just push through, just, right. and you're like, do you think if I if I could, like I would yeah. have already done that? But even just like the the mental picture of Derek, like shaving your legs, mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's just it's so sweet. But right, also like heartbreaking, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then you have a toddler mm-hmm. that you have to give attention to and yeah. make sure he's like his needs are met. And yeah, that's there a was, lot. There was also this aspect of feeling really guilty and bad for my husband. Yes. He, it's a miracle, and we'll get to the rest of this, but this is my sixth pregnancy. <laughs> okay, so I've got two boys, one on the way. We can do the math. Three uh-huh. of them were losses. Uh-huh. But for every pregnancy, my husband was kind and gracious, and I'm pregnant and crying. But if he hadn't shown me such compassion, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd have like made it, you know, yeah. or what that would have looked like. Um, so I guess to say I had no one, I had him. Yeah. Like my husband's my best friend. We're, I, we mm. just have a really great marriage. It's not perfect. We get into it. Um, Leanne and I were sharing funny stories of the fights that we've gotten into with our husbands and how dumb they are, but how serious they felt in our hearts. <laughs> it was so real it in the moment. It was so real. But... So I did have him and he's been my rock and, 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 you know, I know that's really like cliche to say, but, um, he was, he was made for me and I was made for, he's just been everything. He's what's gotten me through this, but yeah, it has not, none of my pregnant, like none of them got better, Mm. um, until really this one, which, um, we discovered a few underlying health issues for this pregnancy. So I'm just thinking with the medication um, and then also just kind of knowing what to expect and how to protect myself. I haven't been sick, but maybe once a week since about week 15, mm-hmm. which is just insane. That's incredible. Like, this is the best, you know, the best one yet, so to speak. At the same time, these medical issues are concerning. 
but so far this pregnancy is is great and healthy and we have another amazing boy on the way Mm. so I love being a mother to boys and I'm excited yeah okay so let's talk about you so you mentioned you've been pregnant this is your sixth pregnancy yes and your third child right so if we do the math we see there's three in there right um that were losses so Mm. and this came after so you you had two full term you had Edwin I mean Mm -hmm. Dawson and then Edwin yeah and then you got pregnant for the third time Mm -hmm. So walk us through that season. Yeah, so Dawson was four, Edwin was two. We were like, hey, this is probably the time to do another baby. Like, we wanted three. That Mm -hmm. was just kind of the number we had. So effortlessly we get pregnant because I can get pregnant. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So it's literally like the first month. I'm like, hey, I'm ovulating. Um, I'm pregnant Mm -hmm. immediately. All the same signs and symptoms. I'm sick. I'm throwing mm. up. I, I go to the doctor at eight weeks. I see our baby. I hear a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Sick as a dog. Dawson's in pre-K now, so I've got one in school, but I've still got my little Edwin, who is high energy, at home terrorizing things. Bless his heart. He's so sweet, <laughs> but he has some energy. He does. Yes, he does. And um, so, again, with the... The depression and the anxiety and just going like, oh, this is so long to feel so bad. Yeah. I mean, nine months is like almost a year. It's which an is eternity. Like, yeah. It's like just too much. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so Derek is working for a church. We had moved actually by this point, we'd moved to Homo, my, my hometown. So I was around my parents at this point. Okay. So I did have help with the kids. I remember calling my dad one morning at like seven and saying, hey, dad, can you please come play with Edwin? Edwin is obsessed with his papa. They Aww. play game. Like, my dad's just, he was a great dad. He's a great papa. And he was on his way. And he came and spent the morning so with Edwin. But I was so sick. Again, I remember being 12 weeks pregnant with this, with our third baby, getting on the scale. I hadn't gained a pound. I was wow. just like, which party is like? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I haven't gained any weight. <laughs> I'm going to be one of those cute girls right. on Instagram. I'm like, I'm going to be cute. And then I'm like, but I'm so sick, nobody can see my non-gained weight body. Yeah. Um, that was never the, you know, that wasn't really where my heart was. But right. it was just like, it was more like, wow, maybe maybe some weight at this point would have been good. Uh-huh. So the 12-week appointment rolls around, and that you don't get an ultrasound at 12 weeks. You know, it was nothing pertinent. It was just, hey, we're going to go in and do the Doppler, hear the heartbeat. Yeah. Like, just mm-hmm. kind of a, an average, normal um, appointment. So I couldn't drive myself because I'm literally weak. Yeah. And so Derek's sister, his, his, his youngest sister, actually was living in Homa as well. And I just asked her, hey, Lindsay, would, would you bring me to my appointment? And so she picked me up. We went to the appointment, and um, she's in the room with me. You know, like I didn't leave her out in the waiting mm-hmm. room. We're just, I'm, a, I'm kind of a open book. Like, uh, just there's nothing, nothing to see here. Come yeah. on in. You know, yeah. like I don't care. And so my doctor's trying to find the heartbeat with the Doppler on my belly, which at 12 weeks you can do. And she's struggling like, mm-hmm. she's not finding it. She's pushing pretty hard. And I'm thinking, like, ouch, that hurts. Ow. Oh, ow. Easy. You yeah. know? Wow. But not for one second 
did I think anything of it? Because in my mind, I'm like, girl, I'm so dehydrated. Yeah. Like, I am so sick. Like, he's probably, or the baby is probably tucked away. Like, I just, miscarriage was never on my radar. Because yeah. I'd had two boys without any issues other than hyperemesis, which is hard, but it's not. it doesn't really directly affect the baby yeah. unless you get dehydrated and, and they don't get what they need. But long story short, she's she kind of rushes me into the vaginal sonogram room, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm going like, oh, okay, I'm not a fan of what's about to happen here. Right. And I kind of see some urgency in her eyes, but I'm still, I told my sister-in-law, I said, Lindsay, I'm not even worried. I was like, I'm, I know I'm not miscarrying. I was like, I threw up, I've thrown up five times today already. And it was yeah. like 10 in the morning, you know, like, oh, throwing up's a good sign of hormones. You know, people have all these things that they try to oh, encourage gosh. you with. I'm yes. like, yeah, okay. So we get in there and she's doing the vaginal ultrasound and I'm looking at the screen, which I don't know if was the best, <laughs> best <laughs> scenario because you don't know what you're about to see. Yeah. But I see the baby's head and I said out loud, there's his skull. And you know, I called him a him. I had boys. It was just yeah. kind of what I thought he was. So I was like, there his, there's his skull. Like I said that out loud and I was happy. I was like, yeah, like there he there is. is. Right. Um, and my doctor just, she, in her eyes, I can just tell in her face, she's shaking her head. She's, she's like, honey, I'm so sorry. She's like, there's mm-hmm. no heartbeat. But you're looking at him. But I'm looking at, at his, at, at him. I can see him. And you mm-hmm. really don't know what to say. Like, you're just... You're like, it doesn't match. I'm seeing a child. I've heard his heartbeat at eight weeks. I'm sick. What? Like I'm 12 weeks, two days pregnant. You're like kind of out of that miscarriage. Right. Um, For, you know, normal, normally you're out of that whole range of miscarriage right there. But, and she's like, the baby measures 12 weeks and two days. So a lot of people, when they go in, you know, oh, I should be nine weeks. Well, the baby's measuring six weeks. You know, there's like a Mm -hmm. symptom like, oh, yeah, it stopped growing. This is where we, my baby was as old as the day like that we were in the office. So I'm, I'm, my mind is like, so you're telling me my baby died today? Like that's, I didn't ask her that, but I'm like, there's just so much going on in your head. My knees were knocking. I was screaming. I mean, it's just, it's kind of a primal instinct that just takes over. Like, no, this isn't real life. Um, and Derek wasn't there, right? His sister was not there. Um, but the doctor said, honey, there's no, there's like no blood flow through the placenta. Like, like she was all but saying there's nothing going on anymore in here. Like your your, your baby's gone. So she goes out to get another doctor. She's like, I'm going to go get another doctor to confirm. She's like, just because I like to have a second opinion. Like, and so I'm just like, I'm, I'm having hopes he'll come in and see something different. Yeah. And um, this doctor, I don't know who he was, but ooh, he looked at me and put his hand on my arm. He said, hey, Nicole. He said, baby, I'm so sorry, but your baby doesn't have a heartbeat. Mm. And my OB, she was not, like, she was fine. I hadn't fallen in love with her. And mm-hmm. this doctor just was kind of, I think, God's 
grace to me in that moment because it was kind of fatherly. It was gentle. He touched me and he was like, we can say for sure, like, the baby isn't, he's not alive or the baby's not alive, you know? So then it became, okay, well, there's no reason to, like, come back. Like, my my OB's like, there's no reason to come back. Um, I'll call you with your options. Like, it all of a sudden got very um, just medical, you know? Um, I'm trembling. I'm walking out. I remember seeing the girls in the waiting room and thinking, I was pregnant. I was pregnant like you. Like, Like this morning. Yeah, Yeah, like, almost going, like, don't go back there. Yeah. (laughs) Like, babies don't survive back there. Like, it was just Mm -hmm. this weird this weird thought process um so I had to call Derek on the way home which was really also very weird because I wanted to tell him in person but I was also like unable to just process without him so he came home and it was just a really bad day yeah (laughs) it was just the day from hell so um that, that pregnancy, um, I had had women in my life who began to call me that I'd grown up with and say, hey, I had, I had this happen to me too. Don't make any decisions. In other words, don't do a DNC, which is where they actually go in and remove the baby. Yeah. Um, don't take the, the pill that makes you go into labor. Like, give mm. it some time. Um, the baby might be kind of like hiding, kind of like what I was thinking. It might just, they couldn't have picked up the heartbeat. So all of a sudden, I kind of had this hope, which in my brain, it goes false hope. But for me, it was like, well, yeah, like it wasn't false hope for them. Like their babies, they had these stories where their babies like did have a heartbeat two weeks later. So I wasn't about to do anything. So I began to pray and cry out. I mean, I couldn't fast. I was already like, you know, throwing up, playing worship music. It was the weirdest, lowest craziest two weeks of going like okay maybe I have a dead baby inside of me or maybe I don't Mm -hmm. like which do I believe yeah um and so what I ended up doing was traveling back to Pineville to my OBs that delivered the boys I Uh loved him and he just because I wanted a second opinion I gave it two weeks I'm like I knew oh the baby wouldn't measure 14 weeks if it was 12 weeks so I knew I'd give my body some time and were you still sick in those two weeks as a yeah so you were still having symptoms oh I mean nothing's changed I'm sick as a dog um and so we go to see him and it's the same he Mm. he sits me down in his office except he's he's he cries he says, baby, it's, it's not, it's, you know, it, it is a miscarriage. Like your baby is not alive. And he's like, cried with me. He kissed my cheek. He hugged me. He said, I'll do whatever you want. He said, if you want me to do your procedure, like to remove the, the baby. Cause at this point it's like, Hey, I didn't, I never bled. I never cramped. Yeah. So it's called a missed abortion. It's when your body actually doesn't pick up that the baby has has died so that's why I was still sick hormones are still raging like and I'm going like I can't do this any longer like if the you know the baby had measured small and he was just great and we ended up going back home where we had moved to and and having it done there but Mm -hmm. um it was also that weird place spiritually where you're told to believe and have faith and pray for a miracle and it never came Mm mm-hmm 
Um, and so I had to deal with not just the loss of my baby, but like, what does this, what is this thing? Like for the first time in my life, I was like, what do I believe? Yeah. What is this? God, you're the God of miracles. Right. <laughs> like, you know, I'm going like, right. but why not me? Mm. What's like, oh, mm, how do you pick which baby lives and dies? Yeah. Um, so that was really the start of a journey spiritually for me, which a lot of people will call deconstruction, where you just begin to kind of ask the big questions and allow yourself to kind of tear apart all these um, walls and worldviews and the way you see your spirituality. For the first time, mm-hmm. I'm going like, I, I wasn't angry. I was just going like, I need to make sense of this on my own. Like yeah. I'm an adult. I've just suffered really deeply and God, I need you to show up. Yeah. So, okay. So that was, it was 2016. Ha- that I, was 2016. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then how soon did you get pregnant again? So this would have been your fourth pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So I got pregnant again. We moved to Texas, by the way, had a big oh. life change. So my husband was hired uh, by Gateway Church, and it was just an amazing opportunity. So in 2017, so a year after we lost Christian, um, we moved to Fort Worth, Texas, Mm -hmm. which is bizarre. I never thought I'd leave home. No Cajun girls leave mom and daddy at home. (laughs) They stay put, you know. So it was a big move, but, man, it's been beautiful. It's been one of the best things we've ever done. And so summer of 2018... Um, I'm like, I think I can do this again, Derek. Like, I think I want to try. Like, I know I want another baby. Like, I didn't know Edwin was my last. You know, I just, yeah, I wasn't ready to end it there. Um, it was just one miscarriage. Like, what are the odds it happens again? You yeah. know, he made it, Christian made it 12 weeks. The, it was probably chromosomal. Like, it was just a fluke, right? Yeah. One of us had something missing and... He, he didn't make it. So June 2018, I find, I find out I'm pregnant again. And sick. Sure. <laughs> Shocking. Right. I am sick <laughs> as a dog and throwing up. So I'm like, oh, this is... This Here is we go. Round four. Let's do it. Um, there were some exi- anxieties, obviously. Like, I was yeah. concerned. But I had hope. Like, I was hopeful. I was more or less like, no, it's not going to happen again. Yeah. I've just got to make it through 27 weeks or so and then this will get better and yeah blah 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 I knew the routine um but I was six weeks zero days it was a Sunday morning my parents were actually here they had come to town because we were scheduled Derek and I to be a part of something at Gateway called Presbytery where it's usually like the new hires from the year Mm -hmm. um they're the candidates to be on stage and they have just trusted people that hear from the Lord. You can call it a prophetic word or words in due season. They just, they kind of, they pray over you for weeks and weeks. They've never met you. And then they just deliver like edifying words yeah. to you. God was so good because my parents were here, but I woke up that Sunday morning. I remember waking up and I felt like I was absolutely peeing all over myself. Like, mm which didn't make any sense, right? Um, So I stand up and I'm like, why am I, why can't I control my bladder? And I took a peek inside because I was just, just startled. 
and I'm just bleeding. Mm. I'm just bleeding and bleeding and it's coming and it's coming. Um, and Dawson, who is about five or six at this point, he's in our bathroom because, you know, you got four bathrooms in the house, but the little They're, ones want right. to be. So I couldn't even run in my bathroom and I, I shook there. I said, Derek, I'm bleeding, I'm bleeding. But I'm like trying to be quiet because our baby is right there and Edwin's over here. So I run to another restroom and that's probably probably a little graphic, but it was just, it looked like something had been slaughtered inside of my pajama pants. Like mm. it was, it was a lot of blood and again, a moment of going like, what is happening? Yeah. But I immediately began to fall apart because I'm going like, obviously this is a miscarriage. Like yeah. I never bled with any other pregnancy, not even Christian. So I'm like, this is awful. Call me and my, my parents are keeping the boys away and mm. uh, call the ER, call the doctor. They're like, give it some time. Um, but you are at risk for a miscarriage. Like, no kidding. But I decided they wanted me to just come in like the next day on Monday. And I was like, I can't wait. So we went to uh, the ER. That's there. an eternity. <laughs> an eternity. I mean, and I had suffered law. I was just mentally couldn't, couldn't bear it. So we went to the mm. hospital and even there was no answers. Like there was just like, we can see the baby on the ultrasound. We can see where you're bleeding, but it was six weeks. So you don't usually see a heartbeat anyway. Yeah. But the long story short, we went in two weeks later. So I had another two week period of waiting. Oh my stars. I'm like, geez, people, can you like, like this is torture for women who have to wait that long to get in for another ultrasound. So I would have been eight weeks. um, And my OB confirmed your baby's measuring six weeks. Mm. You should be eight weeks. Um, I guess I should mention that with the first miscarriage, we ended up scheduling a DNC, yeah. which I wasn't a fan of. I just felt like I, I had looked into that procedure. I had big pro-life. Like I knew what a DNC was. It's an abortion procedure. Like I know what happens to the yeah. baby. And I didn't want my baby coming out in pieces, if I can say that. Yeah. It broke my heart. Um, but I was at risk at that point for infection and all kinds of other things. So... I just decided with the second one, I'm like, let's let's schedule the, the, the DNC. I can also control it. I can send the kids to Mama's house or Nani's house, and we can do this thing when they come, you know, yeah. versus having to possibly miscarry at home with them being there. And, um, and then just emotionally working <clears throat> through that. Oh, yeah. And you have two young kids right. that need you all the time. Right. I mean, that's a lot to like, because you need space and you and Derek need space oh, yeah. to like, let's just process this, you know. What's crazy is my boys have already walked through so much grief in their life. Mm-hmm. They've lost, they only, well, my oldest just found out about the third miscarriage, which happened two months after this one oh, at gosh. five weeks, which was totally unplanned. Like with Christian and we named the six week uh, miscarriage, we named her Abigail, which means the father delights. So the boys had already seen and experienced loss because they, they had seen me throw up. They, they mm. knew I was pregnant right away yeah. for everyone because um, just because of how quickly I show symptoms. Yeah. But um, it was really hard for them. And I, I really had a lot of guilt on that level of just being a mom and like exposing my young boys to heartbreak and loss. And I also felt 
responsible this word responsible comes to mind like this is my body like this should be a safe place for a baby Mm -hmm. Um, my boys want a sibling so bad they would ask me all the time mommy do you have a baby in your belly you know Mm -hmm. um, they would see me cry uncontrollably I've had my six-year-old and my then four-year-old bring me bread and water you know because that's what kids do you know they bring you bread and water and and wipe my tears and say mommy it's okay. Christians in heaven, Abigail's in heaven. We we're very open with our losses with them just because I felt like it was important for us all to process. Yeah. And I knew that they would see me. I mean, I mourned for two and a half years. Mm. Um, it's probably been about a year and a half since I've just been like so broken where, you know, I'm not crying every day anymore, but it yeah. was, I mean, it was a journey for sure for the mm-hmm. entire, the entire family. Yeah. And so you said after Abigail, mm-hmm. you got pregnant how many weeks later? Like two months after my DNC, which was, again, Gosh. it was accidental because you're you're not supposed to get pregnant that soon after a miscarriage. But if, if you've ever had a baby or had a DNC, you don't know when you're ovulating. Your body kind of has to start over. Yeah. So somehow we ended up conceiving and... I was a week a week late, but I'm going, am I a week late though? Because I don't Cause, know yeah. when I'm going to start. And we were actually, Derek and I were out. We were in Florida spending some time together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I took a test and it said pregnant. And unfortunately, my first thoughts were, oh no. I was just about to ask oh, what went through crap. your head. crap. Like I texted my mom straight away and I was like, mom, pray. Yeah. <laughs> By that night I was bleeding. Wow. And it was heavy and it was cramping and I don't have hard periods. Like I'm kind of, you're, I can wear a light or a regular and I'm yeah. fine. So I knew, I was like, yeah, like, like I'm five knew. weeks and that's really early, but this is a miscarriage. Yeah. Um, so it was, um, I should mention that especially after my first miscarriage, I, I had to, I began to have very dark thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I began to think about suicide, mm-hmm. which never in my life had I ever thought about. I never wanted to end my life, and truly, I didn't want to end my life. Right? Yeah. But I was so I was so heartbroken and just oh, so devastated over the loss and mad at myself um, that I was like, you know, it would just be better. Mm-hmm. If you've ever battled those types of thoughts they're lies is what they are Mm -hmm. but in those moments you really believe it'd be better if I just didn't feel any of this yeah but of course I had two young boys and I'd never had a plan you know it wasn't I wasn't there yet and I was very open with my husband I said babe I'm struggling I don't want to live Mm. so we reached out and I took some supplements, you know, but all that to say, like, if you've had a loss or a miscarriage or a stillborn um, or any type of infertility struggling to be pregnant, like, man, those thoughts are real. Mm-hmm. And if you're having them, acknowledge them. And I know everybody is like, tell somebody, but seriously, tell somebody because mm-hmm. I promise you it's not the answer. Like, look where I am. If I had taken my life, if I had done something, like, I wouldn't be here this far along with our our third boy. You know, I'm happy. Like, I've moved past my grief. Yes, it's part of me. I haven't forgotten my babies. 
but like life is good. Yeah. You know, and that's coming again. And so just wanted to give some hope there. Like this isn't the end of your story. It's part of it. Like you're in the valley, but man, that climb up the mountaintop, it's coming. Mm -hmm. And there's a time where you'll stand at the top and oversee everything and be like, oh, I remember when I was there. Yeah. That's really good wisdom. What was, um, like you said, you shared those thoughts with Derek. Mm -hmm. I mean, what was his, Mm -hmm. what was going on in his mind through these multiple losses? And, you know, he's a dad and he's a husband. And so he's, you know, got people who need him too. Right. And he's pastor all throughout all of this. Oh, that's right. You know, he's constantly like (laughs) therapizing as I call it. Like people (laughs) just want to talk to a pastor, you know? Yeah. Um, so the first miscarriage Derek handled like a champ, like he was all like, Lord, so be it, you know, just super like uh-huh. your will, not ours. And I was like, no, what do you know? <laughs> um, at the same time, I think that was a way of coping for him uh-huh. for our second miscarriage with Abigail. Um, he, he kind of, he had a day when it happened that he freaked, like he went outside and my husband's not a yeller or he's not angry. And he was just, throw, I don't know what he was throwing. I don't know what he was saying. <laughs> but I thought, oh, wow, mm. he is not okay. And in a way, it like brought me comfort. Yeah. Because I was like, he he cares. Not that he, not that he didn't, but it was just, the. I saw growth in him to recognize, man, this does suck. We don't have to yeah. over-spiritualize this. We don't have to do anything like that we can just grieve and so also we learn to grieve like we learn to go hey you know what I'm pissed yeah I'm mad I'm angry I've said a few choice words I've said some things I don't mean and letting each other vocalize and really walk through mm-hmm. um what that looked like and and give each other that space to feel the negative emotion associated with loss Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, a lot of church people, man, they mean well, but they don't say the right thing. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not all going to be okay. Oh, you already have two. Oh, you can get pregnant again. I'm like, what people want when they're grieving really is just for someone to get in there with them. Yeah. Like to be present. Like it's like, um, like sadness mm-hmm. on inside yeah. out. Like yeah. When she sits with bing bong. Yeah. Really <laughs> yes. Enjoys over there in the corner. Like what's happening? You know, yeah, kind of like she's like, like, come on. Yeah. No, and sadness is, yeah, yeah. It's just like um, there. And you know, Jesus, he's Emmanuel, God with us. So one of the first demonstrations that we see in the divine is him coming to earth to be with humanity. Mm-hmm. Like he's just going like, I'm willing to be here. Mm. So what I needed was someone to just be there. You don't have to say, you know how I feel that you don't know how I feel or offer anything, but just say, Hey, I'm going to climb in this little trench with you and I'm going to sit with you. Yeah. And so that's what I've tried to be even for you or anybody else. I have other friends who are working, uh, walking through infertility. Um, I'm just going, Hey, yeah, you get that. You say that word, you cuss, you get mad, you write it down. You process because it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think as women, we're not really told that a whole lot. Oh, well, you're a Christian girl. You need to, this is how you need to act. This is how you need to walk. This is how you need to dress. And I'm just going like, no, mm-mm. Yeah. No, this is really hard and I'm going to feel it and I'm going to mourn it mm-hmm. and I'm not going to put my happy face on. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> like <laughs> it'll come. Like yeah. it'll happen. Yeah. Healing's, healing's on the way, but like right now it sucks. 
Well, and I like that picture that you just painted, how mm-hmm. Jesus was like, I'm here. Right. Like, I came here for you, and yeah. you fed me, and you clothed yeah. me. And um, that's just a really good reminder that as the body of Jesus Christ, like, that's what we're supposed to do. Right. And like you said, of course, as believers, we, of course, we believe that healing is on the way. Yeah, like, 100%. this is not forever. This is just temporary. But right in the right now, mm-hmm. you know, what can we do as the body of Christ? And so I really love that picture you just painted. Aww. That's great. Um, so what was going on like with your spiritual, with your faith journey? I mean, what were, what were some ways that God just spoke to you and Derek and just revealed himself to y'all during, during this time? Yeah. I feel like if anything, it broke down a lot of maybe doctrines or belief systems that I had, I think been taught with, um, good intention. Mm-hmm. but went, oh, but that's not how it's panning out. In other words, the prayers didn't bring the baby back. The miracle didn't come. The, yeah. the people that were fasting, like, like I believe what the Bible says, mm-hmm. but it didn't happen for me that way. So I had to really go, okay, so who is God? What is God? And what, is that, what does that mean for me in my trauma? And luckily, I feel like I came to know the, I say the real Jesus, not the American Jesus. <laughs> um, some people might struggle with this, not the white Jesus, not yeah. the evangelical reformed Jesus, the Jewish Jesus who never answered questions that the Pharisees asked him. He told stories and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, I remember just being like, Lord, why don't you answer them? Because he, he couldn't give them the time of day. They wouldn't have believed it. They wouldn't have received it. Jesus was sarcastic. Jesus was I funny. I know. It's like one of my Jesus favorite things. Jesus was homeless. Jesus, <laughs> you know, like, I'm going like, man, the Jesus I learned about, you know, there's some similarities. Mm-hmm. But like, this Jesus is real cool. Like, he's mm-hmm. familiar with being broken. Yeah. He's familiar with um, loss. Yeah. He, um, he sides with the oppressor. And I'm just going like, Oh, that Jesus, I can really, I can really hang with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the trauma and the loss and the heartache made me dig deeper. I started listening to people reading. I was never like a reader. I don't love to read just cause I'm a doer. Like I like to yeah. get things done, which I know isn't like good always. Like you need to rest and sit and um, so it forced, it kind of forced me to become a healthier me, mm-hmm. which is strange because it was just so, the journey there is like been awful. Like I wouldn't say that I'm thankful for miscarriage, but I can appreciate it. And mm-hmm. I can say, yeah, like it's helped and shaped me into who I am. And I mother differently. I feel for people differently. Mm-hmm. I think I normally would have been like, well, you're sick because you didn't do this right. Or maybe like would have had this very like dualistic black and white, like, well, you lost your job because you weren't working hard enough. Just kind of, kind of, kind of rough, you know? Um, And now I just go, man, Jesus didn't say that to me ever. You know, he, he walks out to the woman who's been um, pulled out of the bed. She's the adulteress and, they're about to stone her and she's probably naked and he doesn't care. He walks out mm-hmm. and he doesn't say, Hey, uh, were you in bed with him? 
Mm-hmm. Were you? But were you? He he defends her, and then he he loves on her, and he says, "Sin no more." Like let's yeah. let's not do this anymore. But <laughs> you know, Jesus doesn't ask me what I've done to deserve this. Mm-hmm. He just says, "Hey, I'm Emmanuel. I'm God. I'm God with you, and like I'm here." And so my journey just grew. But there was times where months like months on end where I didn't read the Bible. Mm -hmm. I didn't crack it open. My prayers were like, God help me. And that was about all I could spit out. Mm. And I let myself, like I gave myself permission. So to say that I sit and have quiet time, there are days where I get to. And there's days where I'm in constant conversation with the Lord. Or it's like when I'm taking a bath at night, I'm like, God, thank you for this water. It is so warm and so refreshing. Like, you know, it's just become less about, okay, well now I need to get here in this level and then we need to go here and then we need to go here. Yeah. Like, he's just so present. He's just kind of there and he's yeah. just like, hey. Hey girl. Hey girl, <laughs> you enjoy that bath. You know? And so I've just viewed him more as a friend, as a companion, as a father and a protector. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, instead of striving to be like, to please him. I've grown. Yes. And I think it's, it's, it's been good. It's been hard, but it's yeah, been good. That's incredible. And how long ago was your third loss? So when, when it was, was 28. It was the summer of 2018. So we, we lost Abigail in June and then baby three. Unfortunately, I didn't name it. We uh-huh. like to name it. I think it's going to come at some point. Yeah. Um, two months later in August. So okay. it's really... So we're coming up on we're two... coming up on two years, two years. of... Of yeah okay mm-hmm. so in this two year period you've done a lot of grieving a lot of mm-hmm. sitting and listening and being with mm-hmm. God and um, and so now here you are and you're pregnant yeah for the sixth time yes um, t- coming up on twenty two weeks and mm-hmm. your sickness has been significantly lighter than right <laughs> yes the the other ones which is amazing I mean even yesterday like when we went to in an out burger like we were sitting there and I was I was like (laughs) even for me too but I was like this is amazing that Nicole and I are like and then we went to H&M after and we're like we're walking around I'm like oh I feel so normal (laughs) I know we can do these normal things foreign um so when you found out you were pregnant Mm -hmm. with um Juden Mm -hmm. what were some thoughts and things that like did anything come flooding back from oh 100% What's crazy is that we we were kind of starting this process of looking to foster to adopt. I'm going, you know what? Oh, I want another yeah. baby. But I've also felt in my heart for years now that we were going to adopt. So I'm like, okay, let's be grateful for the boys. I've had, you know, three losses. Like, let's just go ahead and start doing this thing. Yeah. So that's what we had begun. And then in February of this year, we Derek and I were leaving for a trip to Israel with Gateway. Mm-hmm. And the day we left, I took a test. Um, so I took a test, literally, I haven't told many people this, so now everybody knows, in the Target bathroom on the way <gasps> to the airport. I took a test in the Target yes. bathroom! I mean, we're bonded for life. <laughs> oh my God! Bonded for life. We need Target tattoos, like the bullseye. Target, sponsor us, yes. please. Your bathroom, like you made a mom, Target. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's amazing. 
Oh my god, that just made my heart. Five hundred dollars so free. Thank you. <laughs> we should get free babies. Oh my gosh, we should. Oh, that's amazing. Like I'm actually gonna call. Um, and I just did not see. I didn't think it would say pregnant. I got. The, I have to get the ones that like say it, like pregnant, not pregnant. Yes, because I'm that's like, the one. is that a line or no? Yeah. Um, and it said pregnant. I feel like those mm-hmm. are God's way, like, cause, cause that was the one I took in the yeah. target. I had taken three already, <laughs> and I, it was the lines, yeah. and I was still like not convinced. And so I was swung by Target on my way home, and um, well, but I didn't obviously didn't wait till I got home. Right? Who can wait? Who can wait? And so I went in the bathroom, and it was you know it says yes. pregnant, and I I laughed internally, okay, because I was like I feel like this is God's way of like typing Leanne, mm-hmm. right. You are stop spending money on pregnancy. Sweet girl, save those dollars. You will need them. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so right before mm-hmm. Israel, sorry, I no, it's segue. fine. Um, I didn't laugh. I cussed. I went holy. Mm. Insert word there. <laughs> uh, I was excited, but also like what? I was flooded from my toes up my body with this. You, I see it as just a dark cloud of fear and anxiety because mm. I'm going. I. I want this, like we, a third baby, right? Yeah. Um, but I've lost my others at six and five weeks. So I know I'm at this point, I've got to be like four weeks, you know, if I can get a positive yeah. test. And so we, and you're about to leave the country. We're going out of the country, like literally. So tell Derek, um, we're excited. We, I mean, so this, I'm flying, I'm eating frequently. Like I automatically start eating frequently to maintain blood sugar, to not be sick. But you've just got to imagine the the trauma behind oh a miscarriage and then going, hey, not only am I pregnant again, but I'm leaving the country. So I'm thinking, okay, this is an 18-hour flight. Like what if I start bleeding? Yeah. What if I hemorrhage? What if Ugh. it was just, I was, I didn't sleep now I'm not taking anything that I was going to take to sleep. I'm just, everything mm-hmm. is a, like a mess in my mind. At the same time, we're going to the Holy Land. <laughs> you know, so I'm so. like, Lord, <laughs> Lord, you know, like, and I just got hopeful, like for a miracle, like Lord, heal yeah. my body, Lord, touch me. And thankfully I felt good when we were in, in Israel for 10 days. We did a whole lot of walking, like three to five miles a day. Oh my gosh. Um, all in this time frame where I'm usually sick. Bedridden. Yeah, yeah. bedridden. But I, I learned some things about hyperemesis and how eating frequently really helps, um, even if you're not hungry. So I was just I was just doing all the preventative measures. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a really cool day in Capernaum. Mm-hmm. And... I felt like God healed me in my soul. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't know that he had healed me in my body because when we got back, we discovered these medical issues that were probably responsible for the losses. But overall, I felt just free from like miscarriage. Like I felt like he just, the, the teaching was the woman with the issue of blood and mm. my body began to tremble. Yeah. Like on its own. And I was like, oh snap, it's been a hot minute since this has happened. <laughs> and the tears and yeah. all of a sudden I'm going like, my spirit's going like, I'm not leaving. Mm. I'm not leaving Capernaum without a miracle. And I just began to weep. And I, we had, believe it or not, Gateway is a, it's a huge church. So like you've got a lot of people working there that you don't know. Um, so we're on a trip with like 50 people mm-hmm. and some of them we've never met cause they work at different campuses and 
just this really sweet couple. He actually stopped me and said, called his wife over. He said, babe, come here. You need to hold her. Mm. Oh, it like, how many times am I going to cry this podcast? <laughs> and she as just, many times as you she need. holds me. And like, I felt, so they're mo- a mom and dad. They're like in their forties or young. They're awesome. But they're just like, they've got me sandwiched mm-hmm. and they're just praying. Yeah. And Derek in that moment, he's going like, babe, can I just, can we share? And I'm like, yeah. And you know, it's like, we're pregnant. We've lost three. We need a miracle. Yeah. And so in that moment, like I said, I felt, I felt like the woman with the issue of blood going like, I've got to touch the hem of his garment. Like, mm. and I just, I just stayed there and I cried and I wept and people were loading the bus and I was just like, it was just so thick and so strong. And the Holy Spirit was just, just, I felt him so strong. I didn't want to leave. Um, but I was sitting at, by the Sea of Galilee where, where literally she could have been, where it could have happened. And I was like, wow. it's my moment. It's my yeah. moment. But we get back to the States. Um, I actually was advised. I had a friend who, like I said, is, is, is battling infertility. And she said, go see this fertility specialist. Like, they might can help you. So I go, and lo and behold, I've got some underlying issues. One of them is a blood clotting disorder that basically views the pregnancy or the baby as an intruder and my Mm. blood will clot off at the placenta on purpose to to get rid of of the pregnancy it's an autoimmune disorder wow and so part of me was like I knew I was jacked up I knew there was something (laughs) wrong with me I knew it was my fault like in a way I was like I knew it me yeah at the same time I was like holy crap what am I gonna do right now? that's kind of scary it was scary as can be um, but there's medication and I actually do a, an injection every night Ooh. of a blood thinner. So that's all we, I mean, really medicine, like if we can thin your blood, it won't clot and baby yeah. will get what he needs. And I'll be 22 weeks tomorrow and he's measuring one week ahead. I've never had a baby that measured ahead. Uh huh. So it's been, it's worked. Yeah. Um, it's been good and I'm so thankful that I chose to see a specialist, even though I was pregnant. <laughs> I was yeah. Like, hey, I'm pregnant. I don't need help getting pregnant. I need help staying pregnant. Staying, right. Like, can you keep me pregnant? Which is and, very real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I, well, thank you so much for just being vulnerable and, mm-hmm. and real and sharing that. Um, and Thanks. hopefully, um, I, you know, there's women that will be listening and um, m- maybe walking through something similar or, like you said, just infertility. Because I know that's hard to talk about. And yeah. I know that this is not talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. you have a theory on why, but um, <laughs> I mean, and I know it's not, it's not something that everyone just wants to talk about either. So, um, and it's hard. And like you said, it's traumatic and it's loss and it's very real. And so I just wanted to say thank you for um, just being open. Yeah. Thank and, you for and sharing me. that. Yeah. And so my last question for you before we get into our fun wrap up questions is, um, and, and you've kind of touched on this, like when you were saying, if you're having thoughts, <clears throat> dark thoughts like that, but right. um, what's some advice that you would give to women who may be listening to this conversation who are currently walking this road mm-hmm. or a similar road um, with infertility, miscarriage, mm-hmm. just even like hard pregnancies? Right. Um, what's some advice that you would give to her? Well, first off that it's nothing you've done. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a very unbiblical teaching that, hey... You know, if 
if you're walking through something hard, you've probably done something to deserve that. Mm-hmm. Because I, it's, I don't know if it's like innate. It's like this primitive thing that goes, what have I done to deserve this? Yeah. Um, nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. It's just, it's humanity. It's, it's brokenness and our bodies aren't perfect. So it's not your fault. Um, you aren't responsible. Even if you do have an underlying medical issue, you didn't ask for that. You know, it's just, it's not, it's not your fault. And not to, and, and don't stuff your emotions. Don't, don't go through this alone. Like find somebody, it could even be somebody you don't know, AKA a therapist or a counselor or a pastor. Sometimes it's easier to open up to somebody you don't know. Yeah. Because you can literally be like, you can really lay it out there. Um, You can say some hard things. You can say some words that you wouldn't say normally. You know, you can really be like, man, this sucks. Um, Versus sometimes going to family and friends is actually harder or it hurts because there's that connection. And so they're trying to protect you and they're trying to give too much. You need somebody that's going to say, hey, like, you're okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is normal. I mean... Um, some people are more open than others. Like I've always kind of been an open person, but if you're not that type of person, this can be really hard mm-hmm. to share. Um, but I think healing comes every time I tell my story. I feel like I've, like, I've overcome the the sadness a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so just finding someone that you can chat with and. Honestly, you don't know me probably, but if you can reach out to me on, on Instagram or Facebook, or I'll give you my number girl, like we can chat. Like (laughs) that's kind of, that's my goal in life is like to be as open and honest. Um, I've literally sat and talked with girls that I don't know that said, Hey, I saw you post on Instagram or my friend told me you did, you've walked through this. Like, Mm -hmm. can we talk? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, because I didn't have anybody, you know? Yeah. So just um, to process it all, try to process it all. And if you feel like you can't on your own, definitely find somebody who can with you. Like yeah. that's just the practical, I think, advice. You yeah. Know? And then don't give up hope. Even with this pregnancy, uh, my husband has helped me. He said, babe, it's better to hope than not. Yeah. Um. And so when I started to feel really overwhelmed and anxious, I just was like, no, this baby's going to make it. No, this baby. And started, it kind of feels like, is this unrealistic? Am I talking myself out of something horrible? But it, it really does like your mind is just so powerful. Mm -hmm. So just trying to have people around you that will encourage you and uplift you and just check in on you, but also allow you to feel crummy if you feel crummy. Yeah. So, Yeah. I think that's great advice. And can we talk about your tattoo? Yeah. Real quick. This one? Yes. So can you explain mm-hmm. what yeah. that is? Yeah. So I have a few tattoos and I got one last year. I call it my mother's piece. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's just simple. It's it's two flowers coming out of one stem and that represents my boys, Dawson and Edwin. Uh-huh. Um, there's a couple of leaves, but off... On one side of the flower, there's these two buds, which is funny. It's not funny. That's not the right word. They represent <laughs> our losses. Mm-hmm. But I had had my third one at this point, and I, I didn't add that third one because it goes to show you where I, I, I was in denial. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even ready to talk about it. Yeah. And so at some point, I will add our third bud, 
and our third flower now for Juden. Um, but it's coming again from one stem, which just represents Derek and I and, you know, our life and, and our boys and our family. But, you know, it's also okay if you're just not ready. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes me go, if you're not ready to talk about what's going on, like, that's okay too. Write it out. Like, just find an outlet. Yeah. Just find an outlet that works for you. Um, because it really can begin to affect your soul, your life, mm. everything. Um, but we're made to walk. Like, we can walk through grief and we can do hard things. Yeah. Uh, but it does not last. It's not going to last forever, and you will come out on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. That's great. Mm-hmm. I'm so encouraged. Thank you so much. Yeah. Nicole, that was <clears throat> um, that was incredible. And we'll link in the show notes how to connect with you on Instagram and Facebook and yeah. stuff like that. So if anyone, um, if Nicole's story just really resonates with you or you do need someone to talk to, yeah. Um, I mean, you may not know her, but she's blonde and beautiful and funny and great. Guys, so, so much fun. So much fun. <laughs> um, so we'll put how to connect with you on social media great. in the show notes too. So, okay. So now it's on to our fun, lighthearted questions that I ask everyone. <gasps> Good. Cause I'm sweating over here. here. <laughs> <laughs> we need to carb up. We need, to, we need a snack. <laughs> um, okay. So first question, okay. what are three things that you do every day in the life of Nicole, Cajun Nicole Dunn? This is funny cause... Uh, for some reason, I really struggled to come up with this. Really? Yeah, I don't know. Because uh, I'm also pregnant, so I'm like, what do I do? Well, that's I true. Eat every day. Like, I can't say that. When you're not pregnant. Yeah, I, it's kind of a mixture of both. So, number one, I make my bed every day. And I know you're like, oh my gosh. Me too. Yeah, I just, you know, there's like proven, like, some sort of proven method that if you make your bed every day, that like you're destined to do great things, which, duh, <laughs> look at us. Um, but making my bed is just a really easy, simple way to just feel good Yeah. about, honestly, like disorder. I'm like, I'm going to make my bed and my bed's going to look pretty today. If yeah. I don't do the clothes, if I don't make a great dinner, if I never get dressed, man, my bed is made. But my bed's made. My bed's made. <laughs> and it just feels real good. Yeah. So I make my bed. That's amazing. The second thing is like not practical at all in that sense. The second thing is that I ask hard questions and what I mean, I know, but what I mean by that is on going on this journey with miscarriage and, um, really learning myself. I, 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 I I began to allow myself to ask big questions, hard questions, Mm -hmm. unpopular questions. And so I, every day I allow myself, if my, if my brain says, you know, something that I don't normally feel like would be okay. Mm. I allow it. I allow my brain to think how it thinks and go, I don't know the answer to that. Or I'm going to talk to my husband or I'm going to talk to my boss because she's amazing. Like I allow myself to ask hard questions to myself and then to my family. Mm -hmm. So I have two boys and I check on them every day emotionally. Like, and it's not like, Mm. Oh, it's time to do it. It's just become part of our life now where I'm like, Hey, how's your heart? Like, how are you doing? Like, has mom said anything today that didn't make you feel good? Like I put myself out there because, um, it gives me an opportunity to apologize. We heal every day. (laughs) You know, we're constantly just apologizing, saying sorry. And, and I'm teaching my kids conflict and then how to resolve and that it's okay to make mistakes. Just let's be, let's be real. Let's be open and honest. So Mm -hmm. 
I make my bed. I ask hard questions to both myself and to my family. Love that. And then the third thing is, is I'm, I try to be kind to myself. Mm. And so yeah. there's a lot of critical inner thoughts mm. um, that I have all the time. As a one, we're known as being critical of ourselves and others. So especially with a growing body, it, it's easy to be like, my God, girl, you are large. You know, like that will be <laughs> something that passes through my brain. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so I let that happen because that happened. But then I go, you know what? I've learned to also combat that with, hey, girl, <laughs> you growing a baby mm-hmm. and you doing all right. You actually pretty, though. I love that. Yeah. I think we all need that. It took a while, but I think I'm, I'm finally like, hmm. It kind of happens on its own. Like I've retrained yeah. my pathway in my brain to oh, go, hey. listen. Yeah, you, you might be a little thick right now, girl, but you also aren't defined by the way you look, mm. you know, and just stuff like that. Because, yeah. you know, girls, we're hard on ourselves. Oh, yeah. No, I love um, building new neurological pathways. Mm-hmm. I could talk about it all day. Uh-oh. Oh, love it. Mm. Love it. Okay. Um, three things. I love those three things. Yeah, yeah. All right. What books um, have impacted you or like, well, I know you said you used to not be a reader. Are you a reader I now? Know. I, you know, I, I'm more so because that's really what helped me to, honestly, if you're reading, you're learning. Okay. So if you're not reading, you're not really allowing yourself to hear new ideas or hear new ways of thinking or uh-huh. um, explore different things. So I do, I've begun to read. I'm not a reader like my husband. He's like, mm a serial reader. Yeah. Um, but one book that I read that I loved about three years ago is Grace Over Perfection by Emily Lay. Yes. It's a beautiful hot pink book. My sister, my older mm-hmm. sister bought me that book uh, like and two years ago. I read that mug and it just brought me so much life. Like she talks about things like this, like being kind to yourself or yeah. like big on like checklists and doing this, but allowing yourself to have this and I don't know. It just like kind of gave me some structure to the psychosis of motherhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, you're feeding kids and doing all the things to where you forget to take care of yourself. So mm-hmm. it's a lot about self-care, um, which, again, has really helped me emotionally and mentally. Yeah. Um, so loved Grace Over Perfection. Um, another book I love is What is the Bible by Rob Bell. Oh, um, never heard mm-hmm. of that one. So, grew up on Rob Bell. He was a big part of, like, um, my youth group days. And he breaks down the Bible Mm -hmm. in ways that I'm like, holy snap. I needed to know about the Jewish culture behind it. I needed to know that this is what happened here and this is what. So, it really helped me learn to read the Bible. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. It's an easy read. Um, He's just, it's just really easy to read. And then um, I'm currently reading, by currently, I mean like on page five, of a book called (laughs) Garden City by John Mark Cromer. And it's all about um, work and like how we were made for work and how you can love your work. And it doesn't have to be a burden. We were actually created to like enjoy our work. Mm. It's just beautiful. Um, And then another book by him that I read by John Mark Cromer is Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. So if Ooh. you're an Enneagram one out there, let me tell you, this is good. Listen up. Because I'm very task oriented. Uh-huh. I'm always trying to accomplish the most things in a little amount of time. And it's just this beautiful way of like, hey, slow down. Your mm. life is passing you by. You know, just learning to enjoy the moments. And um, we're not we're not human, human 
we're human beings, not human doings. You know, I don't know if you've ever heard that. And just, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It was just a really timely read for being a mom and right? just yeah. different things like that. Yeah. I'll need to read that too. So those were some good, good little books. Those are good. Okay. Yeah. A couple of those I haven't heard of, so I'll have to look into those. Um, all right. And my last question, what are two things about you that may surprise people? Um, so the first one is that I'm an introvert. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, if, if you actually know me, I probably will have like people text me like, no, you're not. Uh, yeah, yeah, I am. Uh, yeah. I love to be around people. I love to be, um, I love to be the center of attention. Like I love a good time. I love fun. I love cracking yeah. up, but it drains me. Mm. Being home, having some time alone, getting alone with myself and just doing calming things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so funny, but that gives me life. That yeah, fuels that me. that recharges you. Mm-hmm. So I'm an introvert. And then the second thing is, um, is I hate surprises. I just, I don't like to be, even with good things, like good surprises. Uh-huh. Like I was telling you, if I, if, if Derek was like, hey babe, I've packed your bag. First off, that would scare me. <laughs> um, we're going here for the weekend. Even if it was like, I have found somebody for the kids. Like, and everything was mapped. I'd be like, you yeah. know, and so I don't really like to be surprised. I like to um, hide in my house and scare people in my home, but don't scare me. Oh, girl, yes. don't come around the corner and scare me. I can do it, not you. <laughs> when you were you went through a stint on Instagram where yeah. you were posting videos of scaring Derek. Mm-hmm. Oh my stars, those were so funny. Yeah, the boys would do it to me, and I would literally cry and get mad. And they were like confused. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, mommy can do it. You can't. <laughs> I love like, that. So bad. I yeah. love that. So. Well, um, all right, Nicole. Well, thanks so much for just taking time out of your day. I know you could be on that couch right over there mm. with your feet. Propped. I'm coming, girl. Yeah, we're coming. I'm coming just, for you. Uh, give us a minute. Yeah. But um, thank you for just sharing your story and um, bringing encouragement and hope to a lot of people. Thank you for having me. Okay. Letting me do that. All right. Well, see you in Cajun country. All right, girl. Isn't she incredible, y'all? Listen, I know we unpacked some heavy things today, and if there was anything you heard that resonated with you, or maybe even triggered some past events that you've experienced, please, please, we encourage you to reach out to someone, a friend, a counselor, a pastor, or even Nicole. We just do not want you walking this road alone. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, we pray that you found some encouragement for your heart here today. Make sure you connect with Nicole on social media and tell her what a rock star she is. I promise you want to be her friend. Okay, until next time on Get Up Girl, bye y'all, bye.